Welcome to episode 18 of Lost in Translation with Bobby Martin. As always, we're coming to you live from uh, WCTV Studios in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm Sam Perkins. Bobby, thank you for joining me. I think we're starting to get back into a groove after like a half a year off. This is like two in two weeks. Frankie Beverly and Mays, back in stride again, right? <laughs> How are you doing? Doing well, Sam. It's good to be back. We are joined today by Austin Hunt. He is a rising senior at Milton Academy. He is one of the top-ranked and best basketball players in the state of Massachusetts. He is fresh off a NEPSAC Class A championship at Milton Academy and an Under Armour AAU championship with the Middlesex Magic. Austin, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Um, so, you know, Austin... This is a, a general question, I guess, but like, why hoops? I mean, you grew up in Marlboro. There's some there's some hoopers that have come from out there. Don't get me wrong, you know, from the borough area. Um, Zach, uh, August, um, you know, Mike St. John, who we had on this show, who I know is someone that's played a role in your life, um, you know, and and some other hoopers. But you know, it's not. I wouldn't call it a basketball like hotbed. Why hoops? I mean, for me, I started off really playing baseball more. Um, more than basketball growing up. I was, you know, as a young kid, I played basketball, baseball, those were my main two sports, and, uh, like, all-stars, town league, like, I played both, and, and um, both my parents obviously pushed me to play sports, and all my brothers, I have an older brother and a younger brother, we all played sports um, growing up, and, you know, my mom actually played uh, Division Two basketball as Assumption um, in the Hall of Fame there, so she's, like, 1,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, like, she was a hooper. Um, but, you know, we all just played sports and we're all super competitive. But I think around, you know, eighth grade, freshman year, um, I was still playing baseball and basketball. But, you know, at the end of my freshman year, and that was right around when, when COVID happened, um, I started leaning more towards basketball. And uh, I kind of fell in love during COVID with basketball. And um, during that time when there was nothing to do, I, I just started playing more. And from there on out, I was just locked in for basketball. It's so an easier sport to play during a situation like COVID where, especially in the early going, you know, we didn't know anything. It was like everything was locked down and keep your distance from everyone. Like, mm-hmm. baseball, you need other people. Yeah, Bas- I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, I would I would do online workouts, like, by myself, ball handing, dribbling, just go to the park. Like, baseball is a little bit different. You need someone to throw with. Obviously, I have my brothers, but I kind of – I was coming off of my first season of high school basketball um, – at a bigger level at, at, at St. Mark's where I was at during the time and that's when I, I played there and I I kind of fell in love during that time so so my, my question is what so you're from Marlboro originally mm-hmm. yeah where are you living now I live in Marlboro now um, but my journey is kind of different uh, in the sense of I, I went to Marlboro Public Schools from mm-hmm. you know kindergarten to uh, fifth grade and okay. then in sixth grade there's a charter school in my town um, called AMSA um, and my parents, you know, thought it'd be better for me to go to that school. Um, so I went there for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yep. Um, and then I was playing baseball, and I was, you know, again recruited to go to different prep schools for baseball, really. Um, and St. Mark's is a school that was uh, in Southborough, Mass, um, an ISL school. Um, and they had their coaches talked to me about coming to play ba- uh, baseball there. And at the time, um, Coach St. John was also uh, an assistant coach on the basketball team there. So, you know, with those kind of connections, I ended up going there majority for baseball, but also I, I like playing basketball too. Mm-hmm. So um, I went there for, for my freshman year and my sophomore year. Um, 
and then from there my sophomore year I, I decided to reclass and that's you know that's a whole other thing go to Milton Academy but that's kind of you know what my journey's been like so what you're saying is coach Reddick stole you away from AMSA no well, is that what you're saying <laughs> no not AMSA so coach Reddick is at Milton so I was at uh, St. Mark's for my freshman and sophomore so year so he stole you from St. Mark's Technically, ah, I guess you could okay, say that. Right, okay. <laughs> so, so Coach St. John, who he refers to is is Mike St. John, or as as I know him, Big Mike. Who Mike was on our show. He talked a lot about his own professional journey and and you know his his professional career coming to an end before he was ready because of a undiagnosed heart condition, mm-hmm. and about how coaching had really kind of um, helped him find a, a new uh, second chapter. Um, just talk about about the impact that he's he's had on you. Um, as a coach, because I know he's someone that he still hypes you all the time. I think yeah. whenever you can, you get a workout in with him. He still posts some of that stuff. And, yeah. and Mike's one of my favorite dudes in, in, in the hoops world. So just uh, tell me a little bit about his impact. And, and was it hard to leave when he was still coaching there? Yeah, I mean, so I've known Coach St. John since sixth grade. When I was at AMSA, he had literally come back um, that winter. I was playing middle school basketball, and he had come back and got the job, whatever. He literally was like three months back from being a pro. And that's when he had had that, you know, that that's whatever he had surgery, whatever, um, that condition. And he was still like in the pro mindset. Like, mm-hmm. I, I know you played pro, like, and that's a level that like the mindset is, it's a whole different, you know, like way of life. And I remember like we had, we were in, I was in sixth grade, it was a middle school basketball team, amp, so it's not like the most athletic group of kids, right? It's a charter school. And he would come in and we'd be running, you know, ladder sprints, like, one, two, three, all the way up to ten, then ten, all the way back down. Like we'd be gr- like grinding in like sixth grade, and and he was just trying to like he didn't really like he would just he just came back from being a pro. Like he was just that's just what he knew, um, and it was it was a whole new experience for me in the sense of w- what it took to become like a good athlete. Um, and you know sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, he was always around. He coached uh, the middle school team. Um, and I ended up playing on the JV and then the varsity team. Um, by eighth grade, I was on the varsity. But that sixth grade year, man, like he was he was on us. He was yelling at us, and and it was really like I definitely got better. And he totally changed my perspective on you know what it meant to work hard for sure. So all this hard work has uh, gotten you to commit to Harvard, huh? Yeah. So what role did your parents play, or who who played the uh, most important roles in having you decide on Harvard? Yeah, so I was fortunate um, last year during my AU season, I, I played up um, on the 17U uh, Middlesex Magic team, even though I was a 2024, I played on the 2023 team. Um, and, you know, because of that extra exposure on the on the older circuit, I got, you know, offers early. Um, mm-hmm. June 15th is like the day where you can get offers. And, you know, I, I was fortunate I had a bunch of offers coming in on that day and then, you know, throughout the summer. Um, and Harvard, you know, was a school for me when I was, you know, when I really started thinking about basketball, even in eighth grade, it was kind of like, obviously it's a local school, it's, it's Harvard, everyone knows Harvard, but it was kind of a, it was my dream. Um, and like, I would tell my parents when I was young, like, I, I want to play basketball at Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's easy to say that, but that is the truth. Like that was my dream school. Um, you know, it wasn't Duke or Michigan State, like it actually was Harvard. Um, and so fortunately I, I got to, um, play with Coach Karate and, and, and Magic, and they had, had connections with, you know, Coach Amaker and, and Harvard, and and they watched me play. They, you know, they saw me during AU. They saw me during the NEPSAC showcases, mm-hmm. and they ended up offering me at the end of the summer um, after after all the live periods. Um, 
and you know I had about six months of continue getting recruited by other schools and and during winter break I was really I came home because I, I live at Milton um, I came home and I was really talking to my parents like you know what am I waiting for here you know I, I know this is where I want to go this is where I really want to go my whole life um, and you know could I hold out and play another year of AAU like this this season and try to get you know a high level or a different school and I, I was like not really like this is I like the coaches I like the feel you know this is you know I feel comfortable with these guys so I ended up, you know, committing there, and I think it was January, um, about six months after I got okay. the offer. So, do you have? Do you still have schools calling you just to say hello? Nah, not no? really. No, I mean, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, no I don't texts. Talk, no, Nothing. No, no, I mean, I. <laughs> no, I'm sti- I'm sticking with my guys at Harvard. Definitely, you know, those are my guys. I don't guys. blame you. And, uh, Shout out to Tommy. Yeah. Maybe we can get him on the show sometime. We'll absolutely. see. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> Um, so talk about when you, so you grew up kind of, basketball wasn't your first love per se, you, you mm-hmm. grew up with baseball and basketball, and you kind of, and I think we were talking earlier, and you got into the AAU scene uh, a little bit later than um, some other kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then not that long goes by, and now you're playing for the Middlesex Magic, who is one of the top teams in the country, you know, arguably... You know the the top team in Massachusetts at this point that's that's based here certainly one of them uh, I, I think it's you can certainly make the argument they're the team after what they've done recently but um, no matter how you you stack them they're 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 way up there they play internet like they play national level AAU traveling all over the country playing top level talent from all over the place what was that experience like what was your like welcome to AAU transition like yeah I mean for me. You know, in middle school, I didn't really play competitive AAU because I was busy with baseball at school, and, and you know, I just my parents we weren't really um, playing AAU base or basketball at that point. I was playing a lot of club baseball, traveling for baseball um, more than I was basketball. And I would go to you know, I, Coach St. John was around you know sixth grade, so he had he was working with um, a, a local AAU program, and I would go to some stuff if I could with him, you know, because I had a connection. So I, I would I was in that world a little bit, but like. It was all local stuff, like in like in Northboro or in, you know, Concord or Sudbury. Like it wasn't anywhere outside of really like the Metro West area. Um, but when you know eighth grade happened, and you know, I really was like, leaning, starting to lean more towards basketball. Um, I needed to get on a team with people that were were more focused on basketball and more like a more legitimate team. So I ended up. Um, going to a team in Worcester um, and playing with some guys in Worcester and they kind of sent me tor- more towards a, a team in Boston called the um, Team Spartans um, was a team out of, out of Boston um, that I you know that I ended up joining um, and playing with them in the eighth grade eighth grade fall and then I played with them in the summer as well um, and you know I had some great coaches at Spartans and, and that was like a, a much higher level of basketball than mm-hmm. I was used to um, you know, it was a lot faster, a lot more kids that were a lot more focused on basketball than any other sport. So I was traveling into Boston. I was practicing at um, Pine Manor College. Um, you know, we were we were you know we would play the better tournaments for middle school kids at the time. Um, as much as you know, they're middle school kids, so it's not really yeah. the <laughs> highest level. Um, but you know, that's that was my introduction to like this is this is what it's going to take. Like th- I was. I don't think I don't think I started like I wasn't the best player on the team by any means, but 
that was really the first time I got um, real AAU basketball experience. What do you remember? Was there a moment or, or anything that stands out to you when you were like, man, like I can actually, I can really play this game. Like I can play with these guys, with whoever it is in the country. Like, is there any moments that stand out to you that that was that kind of like, you know, announcement to the world, announcement to yourself that like, man, I belong on the court with whoever's out here. Man, a singular moment. I mean, I guess you know I. I was working, like, so last summer, June 15th, like I mentioned, was the day that you can get contacted by college coaches. So, you know, I'd been working and, and I'd been having coaches say, like, oh, you could be a Division one player. Like, you know, there's coaches interested in you, stuff like that. But I didn't believe it until I got on the phone with a coach, right? So, I mean, I wasn't thinking that I, I didn't, be, like, I believed that I was, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't there yet. So when I first got, started talking to that Division one coach, like, that was probably the moment I was like, all right, like, I'm legit. Like, I can actually play. There's people that see me and think I can play. A moment on the court, I mean, when I was, like, I, I mean, a specific moment, I don't know if I can really say. Like, I can't I don't really remember. I mean, when I was at St. Mark's my freshman year, I started, and we were we went, like, 500. We weren't great, but I started and played in the league. Like, I, I don't know if I, I was, like, six or seven points. I wasn't great, but I was right. playing with those guys. So right. at that moment, I was like, all right, like, kids on my team were D3 and I think we had one D1 kid and I was like yeah I could I could get there but not really until last summer was mm-hmm. I like yeah I'm there yeah it's 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 almost as if well it actually is you, you start piecing together moments it's yeah. never one specific yeah moment. exactly for sure right yeah no I totally get that how have you dealt with your setbacks or have you had any what have you learned from them? yeah I mean for me you know I I've had obviously every basketball player, every athlete has injuries, and you know you roll an ankle, you break an ankle, you break dislocate a finger. Like you have these little these little things that you know when you're sitting on the bench, it's like when you're hurt and you can't play. It's 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 tough mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those little setbacks, you know, you learn from them, you get better, you change the way that you work out, the way you eat, whatever. What happened way, to you? I I've you know I've I broke my ankle in eighth grade. Yeah, during a, right before playoffs, right, you know, sucked. You know, I was out for playoffs in, my, in varsity in eighth grade. Like, it wasn't really that big of a deal for me. It wasn't, you know, I was only in eighth grade, but that was an injury that was like, damn, like, you know. Um, and, you know, it's like little things. Like, um, and I think another, I guess, set, not really setback, but a, a moment of change was when I transferred to, you know, Milton Academy. I, I repeated a year. I went to boarding school, um, went away from my family. Um, Luckily, my younger brother actually also made the jump to Milton Academy with me. He's, okay. a, he's a hockey player. Um, so we both got, went into Milton Academy uh, at the same time and boarded together in the same dorm. So it was helpful in that sense. But moving away from home, um, you know, having a whole new perspective on, on life was definitely uh, uh, not a setback, but it definitely changed for me. So what changed in your perspective on life? I think just, you know, living by yourself um, and really, like, you know, I, when I went there, I had a goal. Like, I wanted to be a Division one basketball player. I wanted to go to Harvard. And I had no offers, really no, you know, no popularity. I don't know what you want to call it, but no... Uh, no hype. No hype, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. none of our guys on our team had any clout or anything like that. Like, and when you're there by yourself, it's like you got school and you got basketball. And that was really what I focused on. Um, and for that, that year, we ended up going, you know, we had, we started three sophomores and we went to the NEFSAC semifinals. Um, 
yeah, semifinals. We won the first round. So like with three sophomores that started, right? And like that was just a, a goal that we had, and we just mm -hmm. got there. Um, and so yeah, I mean, yeah. So the NEPSEC, it's one of the best prep conferences in the country. Um, I would say from what I, you know, I, I got to know you guys like two years ago. I shot mm -hmm. you guys. Um, obviously, Hooper's obviously bigger than the average people, but, like, you get on the court, and it, it's not like a team that you're like, holy shit, like, these are some, like, insanely physically, like, top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Um do you feel like teams slept on you for a while when 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 you were there? Yeah, I mean, uh, when we first got there, we had you know I got into Milton like later than than normal application process or whatever, um, and so did a, co a couple of the basketball guys. So, um, and we were all young. We were we had three new kid or four new kids that came in for basketball, um, you know, that year and. Obviously, other teams didn't really expect us to really be that good. Um, right. But we we knew like once we got on campus and started working out with each other, we uh, we had and we had Coach Reddix obviously supporting us and telling us that we could be good if we you know do the things that he said and play together and play the right way. And we had, we had a great season. Uh, I'm not sure what our record. I think we had four or maybe we had five or six losses on the season. Um, and you know we went to the semifinals. Like we had a great season. Um, and I think that. Even though we we had a great season, we lost, and that kind of gave us more of a motivation to come back uh, this past year. When did you guys? When did you think like, hey, we might have something special this year? Like, did you did you see a championship coming from, you know, did, or did you see that potential? And if so, do you remember when, or if there was, you know, when it was you started thinking like, hey, we we, we might have something here? Yeah, I think. Uh, Probably this fall, we have uh, like fall workouts and coaches come, whatever, and we just work out and practice um, with the guys. And we added um, a new new guy, CJ Cox, who actually plays on the Middlesex Magic team, and a couple of other you know new athletes that came into the school. Um, and we would have runs, and our runs were like super competitive. Like we were mm -hmm. really going at it, three on three, four on four, five on five. Like we were really going at it. Um, and you know, at that point, we had all gotten a little bit more like notoriety um, around the state and we were I think we ended up being ranked like number one going into the season so it was kind of like all right now we have some respect like now we have a group of guys that actually believe and we have shown that we can play um, and I think we all had like a lot of confidence going into the season in our guys um, and we were just focused on us and focused on what we were going to do and what we could achieve. How did you I usually start off conversations with, with basketball players when we try to d define definitions, okay? So most of the time, coaches will talk to us about teamwork, and they'll say basketball is a team game. I usually fight back, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. Basketball is a individual sport where you give yourself to a team dynamic. The reason I say that is because when I'm not playing well, nobody can cheer me up. If I'm looking for someone else to validate me, it usually doesn't work. It's usually something that I have to find within myself. It's always been that way. Tell me, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I would say 
I, I know what you're saying. When you're not playing good, it's tough. To, it, you can't have a coach be like, yeah, it's fine. You're going to be good. Or even your, your teammate, it's like, yeah, like they can say stuff. But, like, if you're having a bad game, like you can't hit a shot. Like, it's, it becomes a very mental thing. Um, and I think something that, you know, the two teams that I've been able to win with, you know, with Milton and, and Magic, it as much as, you know, those moments happen um, with your individual self, if you can trust in the guys that are on your team to to continue to play, to continue to to make the right plays and do the right things, um, it's much easier to get past. And at the end of the day, it's about winning. Like you want to win. You know, if you're not having a good game, there's you know if you can't shoot, there's there's t- so many other ways you can impact the game. And that's kind of what I would I would say. Like if you know that's the mentality mm-hmm. you know that a lot of hoopers have. Like if you're not scoring, like Get rebounds. If you're not like set a screen, that's like what my mom has always said. Like, what you know, the coach, like Coach Reddicks and you know Coach Crowdy. Like, you can impact the games in so many different ways. So, try not to have that. You know, try not to you know sulk when you're not playing great, um, and just trust in in your team that other guys will be able to step up and make those plays. Okay. How how would you describe yourself as a player? And and I mean, look, you can play the game. Like we, we all know that. Uh, anyone that's watched you. But there's a lot of hoopers. If you break down the numbers of the number of kids playing varsity high school basketball, it's hundreds of thousands in this country. There are not hundreds of thousands of Division One scholarships. I thought what, I read somewhere that it's now surpassed baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh it's baseball is is in trouble, man. It's it's dying <laughs> as a sport. Um, but you know, wh- how would you describe yourself as a player, and what do you think the the selling points are of you that, that differentiate you from some of the other hoopers out there that make a school like Harvard and some other Division One schools come off for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that something that I, I, I'm thankful to have is I'm pretty athletic. Like, I, I can get up, I can dunk, I can run, um, and I can guard. So I think that that athleticism definitely separates me from the average high school basketball player. Now, all Division One basketball players are very athletic, but in the in the terms of you know hundreds of thousands of high school basketball players, I think that is definitely a leg up that I have. Um, and then when it comes to you know actually at the Division One level, what separates me from other Division One guys um, that are getting recruited, I think I feel like I'm more of a guy that you know I try to be able to do not just one thing, right? I could, I'm a good shooter. I'm a good passer. I'm a rebounder. I'm a screener. I'm a defender. Like I try to spread out what I do in more than one aspect of the game. Um, and so, like, that's, you know, like I said, like, if I'm not scoring, like, I'm going to be rebounding. I'm going to be setting screens. I'm going to be making good passes. If You know, but can I go get 25? Definitely. Like, can I go, you know, make a highlight? For sure. Like, but I think something that might separate me from, you know, other guys is just the other things that I may do that aren't necessarily scoring or you know, making crazy passes or getting highlights. Um, but, yeah. Hey, Bobby, you, you ready for a scout? You, you can let me tell – you can let me know if this is – if you think this is an accurate scout. All right. So, uh, he can score from all three levels. If you set a screen on him, you're going to feel it. Wins most 50-50 balls. If you try to jump with him and he's got a head of steam, unless you've got about six or seven inches on you, on him, he's probably going to embarrass you. That's my scout from what I've seen. An accurate scout? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty accurate. So what we found out is that between your scout 
in his description of himself. You're extremely modest. Okay, all right, we got that. Um, tell me, you play for a wonderful AAU program. I love what, what Karate does. Um, I think he has established himself as one of the best coaches in the area, if not the best. Tell me about your experience with, uh, with Middlesex Magic. Yeah, I mean, I've been... I mean, it's been a great one. It's been very, you know, fruitful for me, obviously. Um, I joined, I want to say, this is my third summer. So I played uh, my first summer was, I think, after my first sophomore year, I joined um, with the Middlesex Magic. Um, and Coach Crotty, I was I was reaching out to kind of get to a, a, a bigger program than when I was at. Um, and... No, the middle you were with the Spartans before that. Yeah, I was okay. at the, with the Spartans. Um, they were a great program, but they were they still played a little bit more of a local schedule. And this mm-hmm. is when I was really trying to make a jump. Um, and the Middlesex Magic was a team that I had heard of, um, and I had reached out to Coach Grady. We you know we met and talked and had a workout, and he was you know you know asked me to come play for them. Um, and they the Magic play a style of basketball that's very similar to you know. Milton and just in general the way that I like to play um, and it's very it's one that's not you know they they get told all the time coach Carter gets told it's not really AAU basketball it is AAU basketball you know, but we run plays we run sets we play good defense we we communicate we get coached um, we get feedback it's not just to roll it out and play one-on-one mm-hmm. it's not the style um, and that's the style of most AAU teams and a lot of the teams in the area um, and I think that playing in that that you know Framework of a program has helped me a lot, um, and has you know gotten me to become a definite, definitely um, have you know benefited from playing in that that way. That is awesome. What was it about Harvard that to you? Because because Big Mike uh, told me from the beginning because you started getting offers, and Harvard wasn't like the first or the second, or I think even the third offer you got. Yeah. I know there were some other Ivies. I think Brown offered you. Yeah. I remember talking to my guy TJ Sorrentine there. He really liked you. Yeah. Um, and Mike all along was like, he's he's holding out for Harvard, man. And understandably, but what was it about Harvard for you that was like, that is the school for me? That's the program for me. Yeah, I think, you know, like I had said, I'd I'd wanted I've I had wanted Harvard um, just because I'd watched them. You know, I knew about Coach Amaker, and you know, Coach Amaker's got to be one of the best coaches in the country for sure just because of his his experience as a player and just his repertoire as a coach at Harvard they've been at the tournament they've won the league you know when he got there they won the league like almost three or four straight times like 2011 to 2015 they won it like four times in a row whatever it was something in that area I don't they exactly. got I think multiple rounds of 32 uh, rounds of 64 60, wins yeah, yeah right they, they've yeah got so, at least one but I think they have two under him and they'd never ever been before right him. yeah so he's obviously you know a great coach um and about what specifically about harvard just watching them the way they play um i don't know it's just it's very like like i said it's very it's kind of similar to magic and it's kind of similar to milton and it's the way that i like to play um and you know is that kind of lucky that the, the school i really liked also plays the way that i like to play yeah that's kind of lucky but um thankfully that's that's the way it, it, it kind of fell through and um, there, when I was getting recruited by them, um, before I committed, you know, I was close with all uh, the assistants on the staff. Um, Coach Amaker, I had a visit, and it, it was like probably the best visit I went on, um, and it just felt right. Um, so, it was kind tell of me, why was it the best visit that you went on? I mean, I went on 
basically almost every school that offered me, I went on a visit um, okay. last summer. Now, how so many I, officials did you take? I didn't take any officials. They were all unofficial. Okay. So all it was right. all like yeah. day unpaid for, just mm-hmm. day trips, because it was all local schools for the most okay. part. Um, and I don't know, I spent the whole day with them. I got food with them. Um, and they just, like, we watched film. Like, we um, kind of most of the same stuff that you do on a visit but it was just it just felt different you know i don't know i'm sure you kind of had that feeling when you were getting recruited you just feel a different way um when you're talking to a staff when you're talking to a head coach you just feel like kind of when you feel it you kind of know mm-hmm. um and you know once i had got that offer and and i had had that feeling i was like i don't i don't know if i'm gonna feel this way um about another school so mm-hmm. I, I just pulled the trigger on them for sure where did they take you to eat? Where did you eat when you went on your visit? Yeah, we so we went to the um, like the business school on campus, which is at Harvard. It's pretty nice. Um, okay. So we just ate. I, it was unofficial, so we had I had to pay for my own yeah. food. But we went and ate. They had like a I don't know. It was kind of like a regular cafeteria setup. The food was like that, Harvard business that, school was like legit. That that's one of the. I mean, there's many differentiators between Harvard and and much of the rest of the world. But the food at Harvard. Like other schools, they take you, they go like, what's the restaurant, you know, that we're going to go to? Let's take them somewhere that's nice that we're going to, you know, fill them up and make them seem like, yeah, we eat here all the time. And it's like, you know, a re- really nice restaurant. Harvard legit can just go to their dining halls. The food is unbelievable. It's oh. like professional. Well, like there's there's an Instagram account of this girl who's a student at Harvard that just documents all the food that she can get, like oysters. It's crazy what now, they what they the serve. Is at, the... It's uh yeah, we went to the business school, but I think it's like all around campus. So I'm gonna have to compare this with Wharton. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make it a personal personal journey to do to do both. I mean, the food is go to the different dining halls when you get there. I mean, I can tell you the spots in Cambridge. I grew up there to eat. It's, yeah. The city's changed, but there's still some great places to eat. Sure, right. but like. Go to the different dining halls, man. <laughs> you can occupy yourself for like two years <laughs> just there on, on the food. Um, so I, I have a, uh, a another question for you. So you are you're you're a high flyer, you know, by 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 many accounts. You get up there, you dunk on people. Uh, you can do some stuff with it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you are also of the uh, paler persuasion. Um, do, are people still caught off guard when you when you catch them in games sometimes or, or in the layup lines and stuff? And, and, w- and when do you think people started just respecting you as a dunker when you came in the gym? I think so there was, you know, when I was at, I think it was end of soft, my first sophomore year um, was when things opened up for COVID. And they, there was this one event that some someone put on it was at uh, Dana Barrows in Stoughton um and it was like I don't know it was supposed to be like a recruiting thing or some but it was really just like you got like a cool jersey and there was like 300 kids there and it was like yeah. basically just like pickup mm-hmm. um but at the end of it there was like they got all the kids on the same court and they were just like basically like a dunk competition um and in that thing I had like like I was getting up on and it was like the first time like since COVID so like I hadn't I'd, I'd come a long way in like being able to jump Fresh legs. Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't really been playing that much because it was like, so like two weeks before that, I had gone to like some other random like recruiting thing. And it wasn't really recruiting because we're not coaches there, but it was just like the first stuff after COVID. 
So I I had gotten like a mixtape um, from Bobby Media. I don't know these one like he went to same. Bo- Bobby's coming in here on Friday to do a training for my staff. He's Bobby's the best videographer there. It, I just he's yeah. he's amazing. But he, yeah, he's the best. He, so I I was he was at St. Mark's when I was there. He was a senior. I was a freshman. So he was getting into the filming. I'd gone to this thing, um, and I you know I had a mixtape that came out. Whatever he made it for me just just because, and uh, I was dunking a lot. And then I went to this other thing, and then they, I had dunked in the game so they're like all right put put me in this thing and then i went up for the first dunk first dunk and i just did a windmill like right away boom and it place went crazy because that was like no one really knew who i was i was like the white kid like boom windmill like and i did like, a couple other dunks but then from there on like it kind of went on social media and stuff so from after that day like then i feel like i got more respect um for being like a dunker um and there are kids that can dunk way better than me but from there on, like I, I started to dunk more, started to dunk in games, started to catch lobs in games, and then once AU came back, and in that f- the next f- the following fall, like I was catching lobs in games and stuff. So, and social media obviously kind of promotes dunking and in, in big plays more than anything. So, so there'll be no more surprises with dunking then, right? <laughs> this is like, what's, who's the kid from Philadelphia, or? Um, Went to Georgetown. Does anyone want to dunk? Oh, Mac Mac McClung. Yeah, there are no surprises with white guys being able to dunk anymore. This is new. Yeah, there's a couple guys who can get up for sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, So, I mean, you've played for one of the the, the real, you know, it's well run, it's well renowned. They produce ballers as far as AAU programs go. Bobby and I have talked a lot about the good, the bad, the ugly, the up, the down from AAU. Mm-hmm. What are your overall feelings on it? I, I assume you've seen some, I mean, you've experienced great stuff for your own career, but you've probably seen some crazy, like, oh, head-scratching, sure. eye-rolling stuff, too. Like, what, what do you think about the AAU scene? Yeah, I mean, I think, for me, I guess, thankfully, I really didn't start playing real AAU basketball, like competitive AAU, until eighth grade and really not until sophomore year right um and you know i guess you see on social media like fourth graders third graders playing like aau and i i don't know i I didn't do that like that wasn't me that was i was playing town stuff like i was just playing for fun like that that wasn't really you know what i was doing um and i i've seen i've seen coaches like i've seen coaches getting fights i've seen fans get thrown out i've seen all the stuff like AU tournaments can be crazy especially weirdly it's more like not circuit stuff so like not really important stuff it's like the, the fifth grade game where like the coach is crazy and um you know that's the, where like the worst stuff really ends up happening um and I think that that's unfortunate for those kids but I mean I can't really knock my experience I've been very you know grateful for the coaches that I've had and the programs that I've been in to have a good experience in the AU scene um but it definitely is a grind. You play, you basically are playing basketball all year long. You play in the fall, then you go to winter season, then you play spring, and then you play summer. So it's there's not a lot of break in it, um, which is, you know, has its pros and cons, I guess. But um, yeah, AAU basketball is definitely a different animal compared to a lot of other, you know, sport leagues out there, for sure. How would you describe uh, Coach Riddick's, your your prep school coach, and the role that he's played? I know that he coached at Harvard. He, he coached college, and he went back to be an athletic director. He doesn't have a connection to the current Harvard staff. He was before them. But yeah. what would you say about him as a coach and about the role that he's played in your career? Yeah, I think he – so I was looking – when I was looking to reclass and, and transfer to St. Mark's, 
I was talking to Coach Karate, and uh, my brother, like I said, also came to Milton with me. He was already hockey, going. Right? Yeah, he was playing hockey, so he was already going to Milton. So that was kind of I through Dylan, my younger brother Dylan. I um, looked at Milton, um, and, and Coach Rex. I had, you know, known a little bit about Milton because I had played in the same league, um, but not didn't really know much and then started talking to coach reddix and you know once i got on campus i kind of realized like how much you know knowledge he really has he had been there for 13 14 seasons now i think so um he's been there for a while he's been around basketball i didn't really obviously i knew a little bit about his um experience but you know i i once i got on campus and started hanging out with him like he's a, he's just a great guy like more than just a coach he's just a, a great mentor um and he's, you know, he's done a lot for you know me and my teammates, getting us, you know, talking to coaches, putting us in great opportunities to win games and you know, win the league. Um, so he's a great coach. He knows a lot about basketball, but off the court, he's just a great guy, great mentor, and great guy to talk to and you know help us in our lives in general. Go, going to prep school, going away from home, uh, living, you know, in, in, it's something. When you go to college, yeah, you experience it. Most people are, you know, living in a dorm. But you experienced it earlier than most high school kids, most people in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't go to prep school, so you're not like the only one. But like, um, were there ever times when you were there? And you know, Milton is—it's still in Massachusetts, but it's not exactly close to Marlboro. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's, you know not like you can just you know ten minute drive home. Yeah. Um, were there ever times that you were kind of like, man, I don't I don't know. I think I might want to go home, or, or that you had doubts about being there. I mean, thankfully, I had my younger brother there, so, you know, it, it, it wasn't like I didn't see any family, and, you know, my parents would come to most of our games, so it wasn't like I never saw anyone. Um, and I and I think I, I really enjoyed, like, Milton, I, I like living, you know, I like the kids in my dorm, so and I like my teammates. Um, but it was hard going away from my parents and not seeing them as much as I obviously had, and it's definitely a different, it's a totally different um you know, way of life than like a normal high school kid. Even the kids at my school that are day students, I just go home whenever they want. So it's definitely an adjustment. Um, but, you know, for me, when I went there, like I had goals, like I, I wanted to get good grades, be good at basketball so I could, you know, go to go play college. So I was very focused um, on those things when I got there. And those were the things that I like I worked on. Um, so I was pretty locked in um, when I got there in, in the sense of like, this is what I want to accomplish, so this is what I'm going to do. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely times where I was like, damn, like I wish I could just buzz home and, you know, eat dinner with my parents and, like, have my mom cook up a good meal. Um, but but I was pretty focused, so it didn't happen too often. That's an awesome answer. You know, I think most kids who go, who make it at those private schools are locked in on what they want to do. There's a certain set of values that they have, mm-hmm. and they're going to follow that no matter what. You know, there may be some some uh, discomfort, mm-hmm. but once you get that basketball in your hands, and yeah, you exactly. Get on the court, exactly. You know, you think about what you want to get accomplished. It uh, becomes pretty easy. Yeah, you know? definitely, definitely. So you're heading into your senior year, um, you know, the last high school hurrah, and. I think Bobby and I can both attest as people that that went and played beyond high school and 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 had different opportunities after college. Bobby obviously much more acclaimed than myself. Um, 
but no matter how great it is, it's never quite the same as high school. It's always different. I'm not saying it's worse, but I'm saying it's different. Yeah. There's a, there's just a, a I want to say carefree because like kids, I think carefree is is really misused. Kids have so much shit that they're dealing with, you know, like uh, that adults aren't even aware of. Um, and I think social media can magnify things, and I need to get off on a tangent, but it's like I'm not saying kids are, are stress-free, carefree, but there still is a level of even at a prep school and being independent that, like, you're not in, fully in the real world yet. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you've got one more year of, of, of this. What is your mindset going into your last year of high school where, like, this is, this is it as far as being a high school student, and then you start getting out there into the real world? Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough because it's like – Part of you is, I want to graduate, I want to get to college, and I want to start playing basketball, you know, I want to start playing. Um, and then, like you said, like, that is going to become a job, like, become, going to college, playing basketball is going to become, like, a different, it's not the same, it's not going to be as carefree, it, I think that is kind of a, a term you can use, but it's going to become, like, yeah, like, it's a lot different than high school basketball will be in high school in general. Um, so it's kind of like you have these two, two kind of, uh, you know, sides of it. Um, and I don't know, I think for me, I'm going to try to enjoy like my last year of high school and hanging out with my friends and um, not having like a lot of real pressure, especially because uh, I'm going to be able to be committed. So I'll feel good about, you know, where I'm at. Um, and I think that will be nice to maybe lessen the load a little bit on the on the senior year and try to enjoy like, you know, hanging out with people and, and playing my senior year basketball and trying to have fun with it. Um, even though we're still going to be competing for a championship, but I don't know. It's like, I'm, it's going to be my fifth year too. So it's like, I'm kind of ready to go to college, um, which is, you know, like I said, it's conflicting. Like I want to have fun and I want to chill out and just, you know, enjoy it. But it's like kind of getting ready to lock in and, and go play basketball in college too. So. Yeah. You've got uh, what is there? There, there's a growth mindset and a goal mindset. Yeah. I think you know, there's probably room for both. Now I think, I think you'll do, extremely well i don't know if if i set a screen i don't know how much i would feel well yeah but bobby like i mean <laughs> you joking. are a move you're you're your own screen man you know like yeah, just you're joking. just it's <laughs> even at your age man i walk into you and it's like i'm feeling it for three weeks um bobby what advice do you have for austin he's about you know he's got one more year and then he's set step taking the next step in that journey that you walked many years ago what advice do you have to him I'm going to start by saying that you are much more locked in than I was coming out of high school. Um, you're going to a university that is, you know, it's a prestigious university. I mean, Pitt wasn't a bad university, but uh, it's not Ivy. Um, the only advice I would say is, is to keep your mind open. Um, Harvard, like any other university in the country, has its issues. Um, keep growing. Keep your mind open, be willing to question yourself, be willing to question the things that people tell you. Um, because if you don't, if you're not able to express yourself and learn who you are, then someone else will be speaking for you. So as long as you do that, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, I really, it, it's funny when I when I talk to, to other people, um, 
to younger kids, and it's like, who am I to give advice? But I, I've lived a pretty decent amount. I've been many different places, lived all over the country. And when I, when I left for college, I thought I knew everything. And then mm-hmm. I realized over time how much I didn't know. Is, um, I would tell people just talk to people that are different than you like, and listen. Seriously, listen to them um, from different backgrounds, different races, different socioeconomic classes, different hopes and dreams. And I'm not saying adopt their beliefs or abandon your beliefs. I'm saying like just interact, genuine interactions and genuinely listen to what they have to say and then form your own opinion. Like always form your own opinion, but like make sure that you can talk to people that and interact with people from different walks of life. And in Cambridge, you'll have plenty of opportunity for that if you go outside the outside the, the gates and the ivy-covered walls. And even inside, you know, Harvard, I, you know, over the years, it's, it's the student body has gotten a lot more diverse. And, and uh, you know, I, I think you're, you're, you're ready for a really amazing journey. Uh, I'm kind of envious a little yeah, bit, you know. Just, just I wouldn't, wouldn't give up my family for anything, but, like, still envious of that you're about to begin, you know. I remember that about to begin. Yeah, I would just, yeah, stay hungry and humble. That's what I hear from you right now is hungry and humble. Because uh, you're going to meet some pretentious pricks out there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Be you. Okay. Um, so, Austin, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. It was really awesome to have you on. We're looking forward to seeing, seeing you guys run it back for one more year um, of uh, – of hoops and then really looking forward to seeing what you do do in the, the next phase yeah thank you guys appreciate it appreciate you being here man it's great thank you thank you